Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is uh, Noel Gallagher. What a what a huge get for us. Uh, obviously, the guitarist and songwriter for Oasis. He's currently doing his own solo project, which was amazing. I got to do the Late Late Show with him and watch him play, uh, so be sure to check that out. There's no ad for this episode. I do want to give a shout-out to Tom Osborne, who is kind of my music guy, who's helping me <laughs> get in touch with all these wonderful people. So thank you, Tom. You're incredible. And here's some tour dates coming up. Uh, thank you, first of all, for everybody that came to Boston. That was an amazing uh, together at last. A great way to end this kind of run of tour uh, with Rob. And these are all stand-up dates moving forward. West Palm Beach, Florida. We're doing a live You Made It Weird in San Diego. Then I'm off to Montreal. It looks like I'm also going to go to Toronto. Uh, that should be announced very soon for their Just for Laughs. Houston, I'm doing one night uh, in September. Dallas, uh, doing one night as well in Dallas. Then I'm going back to Utah uh, in October. This is interesting to have so much of my life planned. Oh, that's it. Utah, Dallas, Houston, Montreal, Toronto, West Palm Beach. Come check those out. It means so much when you guys come to the shows. It's so nice to get a visit and get a hug afterwards. And the shows are always so fun. So I hope to see you out there. I'm bringing the amazing Brent James Sullivan with me on the road. And he's so funny. You're going to enjoy him. And you're going to enjoy this podcast. It's a shorter one because Noel only had a little bit of time. But uh, maybe we'll drop a live episode on Friday as well to make up for it. Uh, all right, guys. Noel Gallagher. Hope to see you out on the road. Get into it. Okay. Um, right, carry on. Oh, no, we're not going to start, have we? Right, let's do it. <laughs> First of all, oh, let me get, let, get the, I'm going to... Get the hell out of here! Does he want to stay? No, it's fine. I mean, I'm not recording audio, so it's. Okay, so to, so to you, we'll just shut the door though if you're gonna. Yeah, if you're is gonna that okay? Understand. You don't mind, right? I don't mind. No, no, no. He's, he's making a video for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that, what, is it a music video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wild. I was thinking about that because you guys were so uh, huge at a time when music videos. This isn't a music interview, by the way. And if okay. It's, if it's ever boring, I just want to talk to you as a as, okay. a, as a guy. Okay. And if there's ever a question you get all the time, but you just made me think of it, I remember getting introduced to Oasis because of Live Forever, the video. All right, okay. I was a young man, and, and I remember they were like, this is a huge band, you're going you're gonna to lose your mind. And I watched it on the TV. Imagine you're in your studio, and you're engineering it for these beautiful speakers, and then I, my little zenith and the tiny speaker, and that's how I was introduced to you. And yeah, you're about to wait for it to come on. Come exactly. Just, just dial it up. Like, I used to record it. All right. Like the Woodstock tour, I used to record. Oh, wow. I was obsessed with Green Day, and I remember playing it for oh, my... Oh, I met Billy Joel the other night. Is that right? Yeah. How was that? We were at, uh, we might, we were actually, I must have been sitting beside each other at a U2 concert in San Diego. No way. Yeah, it was all right. He was a very, very nice guy, I've got to say. I met him once at a late night show. This is where I meet all my... All right. All, all, <laughs> my, all my rock stars, right, okay. I meet them at late night shows. I did, uh, what's it called? Uh, it was Fallon, back when Fallon, before The Tonight Show. Oh, I've just done that. In is that right? Yeah, yeah. Did you enjoy it? I did. He's a good guy, man. Yeah. He seems like he's really genuinely interested in music. He really... Well, I, something I really like about him is that he gets into the crowd and, and he gets along with it. Right, you know, like yeah, yeah, he, he yeah. He doesn't mind. I've never met him before. I'm, I'm not... I wasn't aware of him, but um, he kind of came into the dressing room and seemed genuinely interested in 
what we were doing and all yeah. that, which is uh, it, which is it's rare. Really, he was probably just working on an impression. <laughs> <laughs> he was just trying to rip you off <laughs> really bad. More than welcome to do it. Yeah, wouldn't that be a thrill? Yeah, indeed. Has, has anyone ever done an impression of you? My children do it sometimes <laughs> when they get angry. They kind of mimic my accent. Is that right? Yeah. I didn't know you had kids. How many kids? Do I you got have? three kids. Really? Yeah. I've got a teenage daughter who's a TV presenter in the UK. Oh wow! And I've got two small boys, one of seven and one of four. One of them is a budding drummer, and the young one is just a bulldozer. Really? Man, he's a wrecking ball. What does that mean? He's like a, a big, a, a tough. He's a strong tough guy. Thing. Not a strong guy, but he just doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> He's strong inside. Uh, no, he just doesn't give a fuck. He announced one day at the kitchen table, uh, he'd come home from school and uh, he said that he'd been in England in his school, they have this thing called the thinking chair. So if you've been a bit boisterous in class, you have to go and sit on the thinking chair in the corner. And he said that he'd been put on the thinking chair for the second time in two days. And we were said, and what did your teacher say to you? And he said, well, she was very cross. And I said, his mum said, were you scared? And he went, I'm not scared of anything. No way! He was four, and I was like, "Fuck me!" <laughs> well, you kind I'm of scared of anything. Is he? Oh, wow. Does he pay respect to you as your dad? I can see it's uh, he does, but I can see it's going to wear thin pretty quickly. <laughs> I have to say, as somebody, I let a lot of myself out there, right. as have you through your career. And then I think, if I have kids, will it be for me or against me that th- we can look up a record of you when you were twenty eight, twenty nine, or whatever it was? talking about um, LSD or something mm-hmm. does that ever I think it has to be for you because it how can I put it <laughs> oh no maybe it's against you I don't know it could be both it depends I would like to think I'll be good, a good enough parent that my kids won't be uh, dependent on all that kind of shit do you know what I mean like the and it's not like uh, what might be a good example to them is no, I was done with it when I was quite young. Do you know what I mean? Is that right? And it's not. It wasn't really a lot. It wasn't. It was a lifestyle choice at the time. But then it, be, it suddenly became very. Uh, it became like boring. And kids are inevitably gonna arrive around the periphery of drugs and shit like that. Right. And at least they'll have uh, a dad who'll say, "Well, I've been there." Right. And I know what it is. Right, right, right. Well, you and, and have you got any? <laughs> <laughs> well, you stopped. You, I actually don't know. Tell me. You, yeah, yeah. you were fairly rock and roll. And you got sober like officially mm. through the program, or did you just... No, stop? no, 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 just quit. You just quit? I just quit. Everything... Uh, I, st- I stopped. And this isn't an expose. No, 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 like, no, 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 no. It's all, it's all out there. No, I, st- I stopped. I stopped drinking for a while, and then I missed it too much. I still smoke and drink, yeah, uh, religiously. But <laughs> drugs, uh, I've done them all. Yeah, I don't believe there's any new ones on the market to try. So it's just like what the fuck. I mean, I'm, I was tired of having the same conversation. MD, uh, no, no, not MDMA. That's what everybody does now. DMT. DMT is what. DMT. I was yeah. You never did that? Uh, no, no, I haven't done that, no. Um, That's scary. Wouldn't you be... I'd be scared. It's like skydiving in your brain. You're braver than me, probably. Yeah, only lasts half an hour, though. How bad can it be? I think it's less than that. Yeah. I I've heard it's like six minutes, but it, in your mind, it can last weeks and weeks. Yeah, but it's still only six minutes, though. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's fucking shorter than one of the songs on BA Now. <laughs> That actually made me, when I uh, Be Here Now is the name of one of your albums, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Are you a Ram Dass guy? No. Yeah, it was no, a coincidence. It was just a book on a shelf. Really? And that was the title, and I thought, that'd be a good title. Me, like an idiot. You think. saw the Ram Dass book and said, that's a good title? Yeah. And I, like an idiot, I, high, thought, oh, 
it's so brilliant. No one else will have ever thought of this. And then, <laughs> of course, it's before the internet, you know. Yeah. And then, uh, as soon as I'd named it, everyone, oh, yeah, the thing, oh, the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. What? what? It was yeah. a big movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I'm not into the spiritual side of things at all. But you did, uh, I, I, I've done mushrooms a number of times, and I think that can kind of help people understand that there's depends another on, way of looking at things. But it depends what you're looking for. I've done LSD and mushrooms and all that kind of things, you know what I mean? And it, if you're... It, everything that you experience in life, it's all about how you perceive it, right? So you can perceive an acid trip as something really spiritual and godlike, or you can perceive it just as an acid trip. Right. You know, you can be like you know you can it can seem like you're in a fucking sailing on a green ocean of grass you know <laughs> surrounded by fucking golden unicorns and yeah. you can take that as a message from God or you can wake up the next day and go fucking that was mental <laughs> the fuck the thing I like about it though psychedelics in general is it gives you an experience that you can't articulate yeah, of course I think that's valuable of course it takes you out of yourself yeah. uh it, it seems to help artistic people. Yeah. Uh, so they would say, you know, John Lennon and, and Jimi Hendrix and Sid Barrett. Didn't do Sid Barrett much good in the long run. Right. Um, but it's all about how you perceive... I, I, I've, never, I've never been the one that's searching for the meaning of anything. Is that right? No, I believe it's all... I believe that, the me, that if there is a meaning to life, it only becomes apparent once you have children. Because then you cease to be immortal and invincible. You cease to be like... You know the center of your own universe, right? And then you become, you become a guide for them. Do you know what I mean? Right. <clears throat> and uh, but I, I'm I'm more. If I believe in anything, I I would I would be a man of science, than a man of faith. But saying that, <laughs> I absolutely respect people's. My wife believes in God. Yeah. And my 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 uh, in-laws really believe in God. Right. And I don't, but I absolutely respect their right to do it because none of us really know to do it. I think it's funny. First of all, nobody knows. Absolutely. Mm. I completely agree. You're in the transcendent business, though. When you hear, like, Champagne Supernova, that, that's a song that's communicating something beyond the lyrics. Yeah. You, you know this. It's and I, and, I, and, I, and I, can, I can tell you, when I was writing it, I, I, I felt it was coming from somewhere else. There you go. So fuck... Uh, I was going to say fuck God. Yeah, so fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no, just We don't need to label things, but you seem to... You're in the business of mystery. They're the things that we can label. Magic, I would say. Is that right? Yeah. You're in the magic business. Yeah, I'm in the magic business. Yeah, you're kind of like the... Uh, to varying degrees, I think, rock stars are like snake, snake oil salesmen. Yeah. You know. Um, there is... You two, for instance, are in the are in the are in the business, the magic business. Because if you go and see one of their shows, it's fucking spellbinding. Do you know yeah, what I mean? There's yeah. all the, the razzmatazz and all that. Right. Uh, mine is more of a working man's rock and roll game. Do you know what I mean? Right. Um, Rough around the edges, as you said. Well, I plug it and play. You know what I mean? Right. I don't. I don't have. A, I don't have a you know a fully functioning spaceship on right. stage or multiple personalities. But but you're yeah yeah yeah. But when I'm writing a song, I don't feel like I'm... When I'm writing a song, I don't feel that I must write this song to communicate something to those people. I'm writing purely from instinct, and I understand that when people listen to it, again, it's how they perceive a song to be. Like an astronaut. Yeah, and they take it into their... And, they, and people have come up to me all the time and say, what's, what's such and such a song about? And I always kind of... I always backpedal from telling them because I don't want to spoil it for them. Mm. You know, because if 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 somebody comes up to me and says, "Oh, 
you know, the dying of the light of my new album is, uh, is it a song about your parents, you know? And they'll say, well, whatever it, whatever it means to you is what it means. That's right. You know, I, can, I, I won't tell you what it means to me because it spoils it for you then. I think it's so funny how you can see a band and then you'll love their new album all of a sudden because you saw them play it. Right. And, and for me, uh, one of my favorite bands is The National, and it's because I, I was going through a divorce and that and Boxer came out. And right. Was like, okay. And so you're absolutely right. I'm, inf- I'm infusing it an yeah, album yeah, yeah. with something that it didn't even have. It's not on the record, but my memories and my experience. Of course, because you will, you will, you will take that period of their career and it will be forever tied to that period of your life right and it will have utterly profound meaning to you that's right but a guy who's listening to it in Japan can't even possibly comprehend that and his feelings are no less valid than yours that's right you know so if if it means to the other guy over there it reminds him of the day he fucking you know strangled his dog Then, that then, happened to be playing. Then, you know, there you go. <laughs> it's not good dog strangling music. It's too laid back. No, I prefer... No, no, no. I prefer the stranglers for str- <laughs> dog strangling music. But you are, uh, like, Joseph Campbell. Do you know... Have you ever heard that name? Maybe. Tell He's me. a scholar. He, he was a big myth guy, right? Right, okay. So we're, he defines God as a metaphor for a mystery that transcends all categories of thought, including being and non-being. So if I say, do you believe in God? You can say no, and, and maybe I'm right there with you. But if I said, do you believe in the need for a metaphor for a mystery do you believe in that i believe that back in the day uh that you know people would look up at the stars and think and and, and the planet and it being so beautiful and so perfect that they that, that it couldn't just be you know so i mean let's face it the people that wrote the bible thought that thunderstorms was a message from god right so really you know what I mean? So well, now we know it's a collision of warm air and cool air and a bit of electricity. See, I didn't know that. <laughs> well, I'm fucking telling you now. Uh, but uh, I do think it's interesting that there happen to be stories, uh, stories that you address in your music that you feel coming through you that come from a place deep in our subconscious that make us uniquely human, that are universal. I think so because why, 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 why do these these great songs? Uh, that you might be lucky to write one of in your life connect with so many people around the world that's right from different cultures you know like Wonderwall for instance not even my favourite song uh, but it, it's the big Oasis track right and every time I play it whether it be in Taiwan or London or Los Angeles or fucking you know Scandinavia or Russia right. it's the same thing right why yeah who knows even if you don't know what the words are yeah, because let's be yeah. honest. Like a lot of times, people I'm don't not even, know. I'm not even sure if the words are that important. It's, yeah. the, it's the melody. I agree. And the tune. Yep. Is more is more important, and then people grasp onto the words because they want to learn to sing it. But, right. Um, <laughs> I. It, it's something that I refuse to find out and try and define what it is because if I really got the answer, I think, oh, well, I got to go and do something else now. I'm I'm constantly amazed by my own uh, my own ability to write songs. Yeah, because since I wasn't I wasn't taught a single musical note by anybody. Right. You know, and I've learnt to play the guitar and all the instruments I can play and produce records and sing and dance and fucking all that shit. And, so it was uh, just in you. I, I mean, it was in you. Of course, and it doesn't. It's not. And it's not even in anybody from my family either. It's not right. like it was a family trait. Now I'm I'm aware that this is a like let's let's embrace that this is kind of a dumb question. Okay. But I like to consider as a thought experiment, 
what if you were an old soul? What if you came back and you, it's, you're just like a musician? Yeah, I can't. don't have to get dramatic and be like, you're Beethoven, but... Yeah, well... <laughs> I actually am. <laughs> I knew it! Um, I... I know what you mean. There is a theory that... I mean, a very good friend of mine, uh, she, uh, called Jill Fermanovsky, who's... She's a photographer and she photographed Oasis in the early days and she's a lovely, lovely lady. She wears flowing scarves and she's a bit mystical. <laughs> no, she photographed the Beatles and all that. Oh, wow. And uh, when she, uh, you know, she came to see my newborn son, then my eldest son, and she held him and she went, oh, and she's not like a witch or anything like that. She just went, I think he's been here before, mm. you know. And this guy's growing up to be something special, do you know what I mean? He's a really sensitive kid. He's won his poetry competition two years in a row at school. You mean an old soul? That's a, that's yeah, a, I, did, I, I mean, there could be something in it. I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather find out the answer on the day that I die yeah. than now. Do you know what I mean? I'm too busy <laughs> fucking sinning. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, that's all. You know, you of don't believe it. No, 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 not at all. But what I'm saying is, is like, life's too short to be worrying about the answer. Yeah. Well, you know, I could learn something from you. Because yeah. The moments that that we forget these questions are actually wonderful moments. They can come through music or or even food or, or, or drinking, yeah, like yeah, having yeah. a good night of drinking or sex or whatever. Yeah, these, yeah. these can be things that get us out. Unfortunately, I spend most of my time trapped here, going, "What do you think? Ha- what, what do you think happens when we die? If I can bother your Zen, me? Uh, well, my, the the actual answer is fuck knows. What yeah. what uh, the there has to be something in people who have had death experiences saying there is a light. There right. has to be something in that. Right. And there's a white light. Everybody says it. Right. So there has to be something in that. That that is intriguing. Is that is that your soul dying? You know, mm. or are you entering in, or are you being reborn somewhere else at, at, that, at that point? Is are it, you coming out of is a it, very bright vagina? Is, the ho- <laughs> is, it, is it the hospital lights? Yeah. I don't know. I'm fascinated. Oh, I, I certainly don't believe that when you get to it, when you get to the other side, there's a guy with a clipboard going, ah, yeah, Mr. Gallagher. Yeah, we've been expecting you. <laughs> now, if you just like to step this way, we're going to discuss this thing that you said you, your band were bigger than God. So if you just like to step this <laughs> way you first, say that? yeah, I probably did. <laughs> It'll be like secondary immigration. <laughs> It'll be like some homeland security there. You right. Know. <laughs> you forgot you, your ID. Just step this way, please. Yeah. Sir, you know. But do you do you feel in your pursuit of your bliss, your dream, you like you like making music? I oh, love it. Yeah. Yeah. It, does that feel, do you feel more connected when when what does it feel like when you're not making music? Um, I don't. I I like to give myself time off uh, after a tour. Uh, I'll do six months or, and then I just feel it's something that I do. I don't feel like I've particularly got a message for the world, but it's something that I feel. My wife sums it up perfectly, and she says, "You know, because I'm like, oh, I don't want to go on tour again." And I talk sometimes. She's saying, "Well." Why are you young and just do it? You, f- you fucking eat, you know. You'll be a long time sitting around wishing you could have done it. Yeah. You know, you'll be a long time sitting around saying, "I wish I could have done more." You know. So I think while I'm relatively young and that, I just, I just do it. You know. Yeah. And um, luckily for me, I'm, I mean, the novelty's not worn off yet, and the final payoff comes at the gigs when you see, you know people reacting to the songs that not only the new songs what songs that you've been written like 20 odd years ago um, it gets into you that works 
Well, once you've experienced it, it's like the greatest drug ever. Do you know what I mean? It's not something you really want to give up. You know what I mean? I've never understood people who, you know, are in. Is this like some bass players? <laughs> They're like, like in a band for, you know, Bill Wyman. What the fuck? To leave the Rolling Stones for? Why would you leave the Rolling Stones? That guy that left One Direction. Are you a fucking idiot? You know what Maybe I mean? Maybe he doesn't get into them. Because he gets into us. We're look at me. So, they've only got another five years left, Max, anyway. Just fucking stand at the back, smoke weed, fucking get laid, take, pick the checkup, see you later. <laughs> but also enjoy that moment. Is it's it's the it's the moment when you play the opening chords to the new song or the old song and they cheer. Well, it's a, it's a three it's a three part thing. When I sit down and I'm in a period of writing, when I finish the song, that's a that is a great feeling. And you finish it, and I play it to myself over and over, and I think, wow, this is this is going to be a good one. So there's that, and then you get in the studio, and then you're trying to recreate coming out of the speakers what you've got in your head. And you and you and you never get there, of course. You'd be lucky if you get seventy percent of the way there. But once you finish the recording, you think, "Wow, this is this is good." So that's the second payoff, and the final payoff, of course, is Life. you know when the crowd go mild. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, it's so great that you're saying that because this is something uh, my girlfriend and I have been talking about lately. Is it's not publishing a book; it's the writing the book, right? Of course. It sounds like you've learned to. F- to enjoy because we can postpone our happiness we're always like once the album's out mm. or once I'm on the beach yeah 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 people do that on the road yeah somebody wants and I don't know who it was and I think it was a musician that you know the reward is the work in itself right to finish a song is the reward right you know the fame and the money and all that you have to work at that right okay and you've done it and, and you know if you're lucky enough to be successful over the world good for you you know but really the reward I get, I get so many fucking lads and kids in bands who come up to me and say oh can you give us any advice and I'll say well no because nobody gave me an advice all I can say to is don't worry about making it right making it is just the end right worry about being good right how do we be good I say well I can't fucking tell you that do right. you know what I mean so it's a, and your advice probably not to put down your advice probably wouldn't even apply that's how I feel as a comedian how do I it's not I'm not uh, you know a rock star mm. but when people are like how do I get where you are I'm like the advice that I have that worked in 2000 yeah, yeah, it's, it's, rele- it's irrelevant now because we were talking about music videos yeah, yeah you gotta get on MTV yeah yeah like, yeah, 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 yeah totally I mean, uh, the, I mean the world is which is another fascinating thing that I'm proud to have been uh, a witness to is being I've been travelling the world since I was 21 years of age and I've seen the great cities of the world physically change <laughs> and the world digitally change and it's been a, a, that that in itself is maybe the greatest privilege hmm. is to have travelled the world and you see these little snapshots and you just see how you know New York City has went Times Square went from being this horrible place to this fucking you know this, M&M like, yeah like, <laughs> the, the, like you know and uh and going to Tokyo and seeing it become this neon space age fucking city um, and I, that is a privilege, you know, yeah. to, to travel the world and to, to see, you know, and to, and to see your audience grow with you as well, I suppose. But um, many, there's there's, lo- there's lots of different facets to it, you right. know. What I mean? But nothing happens without the songs, so that that that's kind of the thing that you've got to keep. You've got to nurture that, you know. Right, what I mean? right. Yeah, I, I love what you said about just be good. 
the people that I know that want to be famous are are mad. Yeah, <laughs> I just have no idea where they're coming from. Zayn Malik, for instance, from One Direction. Yeah, he enters a talent show because he wants to be famous. Right, right. He doesn't want to be good. He wants to be famous. He gets five years into it. He decides this is bullshit. He's not happy. Right, that's right. There's a lesson. There's a lesson for everybody. Right. You know, he's got. He'll make. He'll have a few million quid in the bank, but he's like fucking depressed. That that's he's, right. So. So, my my advice to anybody would be, if you're trying to just to be trying to find something, if you think fame and wealth is going to make you happy, right? It's not. It's the work, right? It's the work, right? Yeah. I think that's really interesting because I I live an exceptional life. I, I'm not going to keep saying I'm not a rock star, yeah. but my life is exceptional, yeah, yeah. and and it's wonderful. But it's still when I'm not on when my train isn't on the track and I'm feeling like I'm not doing it to be good. I'm mm. not doing it. To honor the craft and honor, for lack of a better term, the calling. Mm. Like you said, the yeah, music yeah, yeah. is just in you, and it feels good to sail in that direction, yeah. in that one direction. <laughs> 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 but like, uh, there's still times when I'm like, you feel the heaviness of life. It's heavy for everybody. Yeah, I bet people think it's preposterous that you, having relevance, respect, uh, fame, mm. you get to play music. And you're, and I have to assume you're wealthy unless you've made some terrible choices. <laughs> I'm, I'm comfortable. Comfortable. There you go. But I mean, you you have to you you're still warding off the the weight of life. I'm not saying you're depressed. I'm saying everybody yeah, has to. Yeah, I still got for I it. still got children. I still worry about my kids and about yeah. my fucking cat and and <laughs> and all the rest of it. And people, the question I get asked the the most is. You've done all this and you've done all that. Why do you still do it? And it's like, for you to even ask me that question is you you wouldn't understand. I do it because it's a calling and you're in it for life. And it's just the the being artistic. That's just the way that it is. Right. But you know, uh, the way the way the way of life is still is still the same. And of course, you know, I try and tell that to a guy who works. As a fucking taxi driver and works 180 hours a week, you know right. what I mean? They, they, they but think I'm trying to. I hear that. That's the pop up. That's the, yeah. you know that that thought is appropriate. There's always someone that has it worse. But I do think there's something unifying about being like, hey, we're all we're all stuck in these bodies. We're all slaves to time. Yeah. There's 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 unpredictability, uncertainty, anxiety. Uh, a certain amount of dread sneaks in. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're selling out tours or putting out a new album. Uh, there's still going to be some things. So the things that make you happy, clearly, it sounds like your family. My family, the work that I do, um, I don't really, I don't really require a great deal. I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not a very complicated guy at all. I'm pretty fucking straight. I've been with my wife for 15 years. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We met in a nightclub. Yeah, you know, <laughs> in Ibiza. <laughs> Work that one out. And um, so. I'm quite a straightforward. I don't require. I don't have a great deal of. I don't need everything to be perfect. Right. You know. I. I. I've worked only recently. Did time transpire long enough for me to realise that I was now, I'd been a rock star longer than I'd been a construction worker. <laughs> right. <laughs> so there. So I've. So I've got. I've got all that past that that uh, I, li- I lived a life of hard work do you know what I mean and unemployment and no money and blah 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 and all that um, and I appreciate where I am now but I just I don't I don't require a lot from life and you don't overthink it 
Actually, ever. I think this is actually great for me. Ever, ever. I mean, what's? It's like you just, just be. Yeah. Just do it. What my, my golden rule to me is just do it. Worry about it later. I got to tell you a story. For, uh, for instance, back in 1994, we did a uh, did a gig in Paris. It was a rainy, fucking windy night. I kind of went out after the gig and all got fucking drunk or high or whatever. And I came out to the hotel room and I wrote this song. And I thought, when I got up the next day, I thought, fucking hell, that's, that's, that's going to be great. That's going to be great when we record that. And that's always called Don't Look Back in Anger, right? <laughs> and I put it to one side in a notebook and I never thought about it for another year. If I'd have thought that night that that song was going to last longer than me, it'll be on this planet for longer than I will. And that people are going to sing it at weddings and funerals and I've had so many letters and I play it every night and it brings the house down. And uh, if I, I would never have finished it. Yeah, because it'd have been too much pressure on it. Yeah, and if, every time I start to overthink my music and think, oh, I'm like, oh no, I've changed that bit. Oh, I don't like that way. I shouldn't do that. I always think back to that night and think, you know what? Just fucking put it out there. Yeah, put it out there and just let the people decide. Yeah, you know. Now, I don't know what it's like in the comedy world. I get, I, I, I don't know. It might, it might be, it might be different. I mean, people, you know, but I guess you're still writing and still working on shit. No, in fact, the the way that I trick myself into trying to not think as much, I don't sit down and write. You write, right, okay, you yeah, riff yeah, on yeah, stage, yeah, yeah. and then you're like, oh, I really, and you record it and you listen yeah, yeah. to it, and you're like, I should say that again, and then you try and not overdo it. I can't do the same bit every night for a month. Right. It'll stop being funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's actually a Bono quote I say all the time. He goes, I have to be in the song to hit the note. Yeah. Like, if he's not feeling yeah. it, he can't do it. Sure. I'm the I can't. My yeah. jokes aren't even funny if you write them out. Right. <laughs> right. If you read yeah. my jokes, you'd be like, what? Yeah. It's seeing, like, a, a, a doughy I guess, Yeah, I guess it's the same with uh, Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld. Do you know yeah. what I mean? If you kind of wrote that script out, you just yeah. think... Because I know, I mean, I think it, to me it's one of the greatest things that's ever, that's ever been. Like to be on television. Too, yeah. <laughs> uh, people that I know have sat and watched it with me. Dead face. Just gone. I what? What is funny about this? And then, and, and you try to explain, it and you think, well, I don't know what's funny about it. It makes me fucking laugh. Right, you know right, I mean? right, right. And uh, I've no people who's just so no, no. Yeah. yeah, I think that's so brilliant, man, to not get in your own way and to get that feeling of. Uh, again, not to make it mystical, I'm not saying this is what's literally happening, but that feeling of it's just kind of coming out. You yeah. said you got drunk, you came in. The, the one, I bet you can relate to this, if you feel like working, writing a song, writing a joke, uh, writing a script, mm. or whatever it is for me or you, you have to do it. Because if, even if you feel like a, a little bit... If I get one word of a song. Oh, there you I go. Do it, I do it on public transport. Now with the I, with the iPhone, you've got a notepad in it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've been... I've recently I um, oh there's a song on my new album this is a case in point I've got a song on my new album called Lock All The Doors which I'm playing here tonight oh great uh, it's twenty took me 23 years to finish it <laughs> to, to, right I had the co- I, I had the chorus and, and one verse and a chorus and the verse that I had I gave away to another I co-wrote a song with another artist 20 odd years ago and uh, I just thought well I'll just write another verse be easy I, every time I put a record out, I tried and I tried and oh I couldn't get it right, but I never forgot the chorus. About a year and a half ago, I'm coming out of the fucking grocery store, six o'clock in the evening, I'm going to buy milk for the kids for school the next morning. It was a Sunday. I come out of the fucking thing, I turn the corner, and for what? I, I wasn't even thinking of it, I just start humming this melody and thinking, that's it. No. Where's it fucking? And I ran home and fucking wrote it down and was like, I can't believe it. 
Yep. Just fell out of the We're talking about sky. getting out of your own way. Driving, showering. There are all yeah. these times where people tend to have their creative thoughts on an airplane. It's it's when you're not expecting it. Yeah. It's almost like I kind of think of a inspiration as like a deer in the room. And if you look at it, it'll run away. Yeah. But if you kind of try and look yeah. at it in your periphery. Well, <laughs> Neil Young calls it uh, waiting by the rabbit hole. No. <laughs> and he, I read an interview once where he said, uh, and I really fucking related to this because I thought that's so true, that um, you ask him about song rhyme. Yeah. And he says, when a song's coming and he can feel it, he puts the guitar down for a bit and he kind of goes and makes coffee or something and has a smoke and then prepares himself and it's like why and he said because I don't want to scare it off and it's like waiting by the rabbit hole and he says you've just got to have the song there or if you're waiting for a rabbit and then you've got to catch it by the ears in one go yeah and I'm like right fuck off. I fucking dig I, 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 I dig that man do you know what I yeah, mean because yeah, yeah. to me I, 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 to me it's like fishing you know because when you're fishing you're not looking at the stream going there's a fucking fish so yeah. just, you've got to you've got to be there and then wait and you get one drink your beer yeah, talk yeah, to your friend yeah, yeah. feel and, the sun but what's funny or what's interesting for me is I do get the urge to I'll make I'll put this one in two ways I either am writing most of my stuff in great quantities in the spring mm. and very very little in the winter hmm. I think that's so interesting yeah me too and I don't and, I, and it's not like I set time aside right but when, and I sometimes feel you and the earth are. I, the same. But when I sometimes feel that the optimism in my songs comes from the coming out of the winter months and, uh, into, and into the spring, I don't, I don't write in the winter at all. I never get the urge to write. I mean, I do. There's right. not, there's not like a golden rule that says thou shalt not write after fucking September. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> but um, I, I like thinking back over the songs that I've written. I was thinking, I've all these in like you know April, May, June. Yeah. That's and, really yeah. interesting. Yeah, and I think, well, I wonder why that is. Well, there are all these like weird rhythms and stuff. They said they talk about people that work at night actually live shorter because your rhythms, like you're supposed to be in tune with the earth. And I wonder if there's something about yeah. When I when I work, producers, the four that I've used in my life, I drive them mad. I work from midday till six, mm. <laughs> and they were like, well. What are we doing after six? I'm watching TV like everyone else. <laughs> and they're like, why do you work from 12 to six? Because like, that's when everyone else works. <laughs> I'm fucking working all night like an idiot. It's seven o'clock in the morning. The fuck that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm tired. Yeah. You know. And, uh, the, you know, the, when, you, when you know, kids will say to your fans, ah, oh, do you fucking know, you got to stay up all night in the studio, fucking smoking weed and jamming till nine in the morning. You go, that's for idiots. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that. No, 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 no. I'm watching Seinfeld. At yeah. fucking, I, I'm clocking off at seven o'clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm having dinner at eight. I've said that, you know, the SNL st- uh, schedule, the writer's schedule, still reflects the schedule of when everyone was on cocaine in the 80s. <laughs> oh, right, right. And it's like, that job, a friend of mine that wrote there was like, it could be nine to five. Right. If yeah. everybody just agreed yeah, to yeah, come yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, just agreed to do it. Bang it out. Yeah, yeah. Get out at five, but they want to keep yeah. that. Ro- and here's a rock, a real rock and roll person saying like, no. No, well, anything, <laughs> anything that we ever did in the studio after six o'clock, we have to redo the next day. Yeah. Because, that, you know, you finish at six, you have dinner, you have something to drink, then you start fucking getting a bit wild and like, woo, we're like stones, man, we're fucking jamming till seven. <laughs> Roll the tape, man. <laughs> and then you got to bed going, that might be the greatest fucking moment in all of rock and roll. That. Yeah. And you got the next day and you go, oh, shit. <laughs> that is fucking awful. Can you just wipe the tape, please? Do you know what I mean? I do, I know exactly what you mean. So, it's like, if you can't, if I, if I can't do it between the hours of 12 and six, it's not happening. 
Yeah, it's funny. It's not going to happen at 10 to 7 if it's not happened at 10 to 6. I, I think that's so funny. Like, a lot of people I know write in the morning. They're just like, and if I miss the window, if yeah. the rabbit doesn't show up, or if, I, if yeah. I'm not, more importantly, if I'm not by the hole when the rabbit did show up, I used, to say, I used to say it too when Liam first started writing songs he used to say to me what the fuck you can't ooh, lyrics and I used to say get up in the morning the first thing that comes into your head write about your dreams right as, as absurd as they as they seem write about them and then you just keep the good bits yeah and then you think okay right well maybe dancing with Hitler you know in a fucking in, in a miniskirt that might not work in a song <laughs> so get rid of that bit right <laughs> but keep the but keep the bit about the mysterious woman you know appearing yeah. through the fucking rings of fire keep that bit right that shit's great right right you right know? but the thing about animals oh, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> oh, right, is the it. concern like I think it's funny I was watching an interview with you uh, where you were like um, maybe I don't really want to know and uh, yeah. Liam was like it should be baby and you're like Fuck that, I'm yeah, not doing yeah, any yeah. songs with baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No baby, because you didn't yeah. want to be what we call, you probably use the same term as a hack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be a hack. What? What is hack? When it, the few times I've tried to write a song, it's incredibly difficult to not be very in overdone territory. Singing well, about alone and no one's calling on the yeah. phone, like all these rhymes and these I know, things I've like, heard about. But if you, if you, to use what you said before, if you get out of your own way and just accept that it's all been done before anyway okay there's only 36 chords that's all there is you know, I don't know how many permutations there are but they must have all been fucking done before they have to have right. been right then you gotta go to the sitar <laughs> tri- tri- <laughs> yeah, the drone yeah. <laughs> the one thing that is with all the chords and all the chord progressions and all those songs about love that have been written the one thing that is unique to you is your truth and if there's a certain amount of truth in it from you then people will get it right people are going to get it because the truth is real no matter what it is it's real you know and um, you know, I've got a song on my record called The Dying of the Light it's, that song has been written a fucking million times before about the couple on the, on the long road of life and looking into you know our line it's okay mm-hmm, we've mm-hmm. we got each other okay I might have wrote it in a more poetic way but there's a truth in it because it's about it's about something that's real and 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 another thing that people that you should understand is not everybody's heard it all before. Isn't that funny? There's going to be some fucking sixteen year old somewhere who's going to think he's going to he's going to be hearing rock and roll for the first time. <laughs> I know you. I know you're doing is retelling the story that Elvis told, right? And that the Stones told, and the Beatles, right? And the Stooges and the Sex Pistols. It's a great story, right? That just gets retold with different characters and different fucking points in people. That's that's all it is, right? I tell myself that before shows all the time. I go, they haven't heard it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> or some of them of haven't course. heard it because you've heard it before. Comedian, uh, everyone wants you to play Wonderwall or Don't Look Back in mm. Anger. Comedian, if you repeat a, a joke, like it's like dirty. Yeah, You're not yeah, supposed yeah. To do it. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Well, my, uh, I've got, I've got, I've got a few um, actor friends in England and. I guess comedians are kind of actors in a way. Yeah, sure. And they would say to me, or I've said to me down the years, that uh, I said, "Why do actors all want to be fucking musicians? What the fuck is that?" <laughs> you know. And they would say, "Well, they we get quite jealous of musicians because if you're at a party, you can pick up a guitar and do Don't Look Back in Anger." Yeah. And everyone goes, "Wow!" He said, "I can't recite. I can't do my best scene." That's right. That's right. I can't do my best line because everyone goes, oh, sit down, you fucking... Do you know what I mean? I'm going to put this to you. Every musician I know wants to be a comedian. And every comedian I know wants to be a musician. And I'll tell you why I think that is. Is when you guys go up, 
our, our instrument, and I'm getting this from a comedian named Brian Regan, is the audience. Mm. So we're trying to play, if you look at a comedian, we're trying to get a response and a sound from yeah, them yeah. every three seconds, every five seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes they're out of tune, sometimes they don't show up, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. And sometimes they're drunk and hostile. But a, 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 the same sort of envy, you can go up and just play, and even if they are shit, maybe they'll come around if you guys are really well, good. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a more brutal game you're in, because what I do is I can pulverise people with sound. <laughs> you're there with your dick hanging out. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, 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 and 90% of the people are listening because they want you to make them laugh. There's a 10% they were just waiting to say, oh, fuck, yeah. fuck you. They want to destroy yeah, it. Yeah, they want to destroy it. So you're you're what I you know actors who on the stage and comedians that's a bit more brutal. Yeah, I, I anybody shouts out during the chorus of one of my songs, I can't fucking hear him. Anyway. That's right. And then by the by the end, everyone's clapping, so nobody gives a fuck. Yet. That's right. So it's kind of they don't get to uh, clap or not till the end of the song. So like people can you know you can be telling doing a bit, and people start booing. <laughs> that's right. You know that's right. And, and you wouldn't hear it because you get to pull yeah, 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 yeah. But do you ever catch yourself tuning or in between a song and getting that buzz that you get from making thousands of people laugh? Yeah, I, I, last night. I love it when people shout out with, you know, fucking, you know... They, they, they never shout out um, derogatory things, but it's, right. it, it just adds... You get to respond to it. Yeah, yeah. It adds to the night, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, no I, lo- no, I love that. It's all, it's all part of it, do you know what I mean? Right. And um, it's a thing that's dying out in music... Because of the headphones people wear. Yeah. You know, these singers now, they all wear the in-ear monitors. Oh, yeah. You can't hear anything. So you're in your own little world. I don't wear them. I can't wear them. It freaks me out. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So most bands now, every single person on stage has got headphones in like that. And they've just got their own mix. They're in their own little world. And they between the songs and they have a rehearsed. Oh, thank you very much. It's great to be here. And fucking Shut t- up. I'm telling you. I believe you, but I I'm hate it. You. Yeah, me too. That breaks my heart. Yeah, I... Uh, and it's economically it's economic suicide to have to do what I do because I have to carry a monitor system around the world it costs fucking thousands these headphones cost three grand each and that's it every night so you don't have to have the speakers oh my god! I gosh. put them in for one afternoon and was just like I can't do this I cannot, I cannot not be in the room with the people but then you don't even they're yeah, we, all the same yeah. every gig is the same but for that particular night you're not in the room with them you're in here you're right. in your own head right like being quite selfish I have to be in the room with the people whether it's shit or it's fucking great I have to be there with them I have to hear the guy in the fourth row going where's Liam <laughs> you know and me going Ian I don't know anybody called Ian. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah um, just to have those moments yeah whereas if I if I had the headphones in I'd have a perfect sound it'd be fucking amazing I'd be playing it would sound like my record right and I'd be having a great night right <laughs> you're like I'm killing this yeah I'm killing it but I'm you know, it'd be like dancing on your own. Yeah, you know, uh, that makes me sad. I'd rather, I'd rather be in the room with the people. I uh, forgive me again. I haven't read every interview with you, and maybe you get this all the time. But I'm wondering, as somebody, I've written comedy for other people, right, and had them get my laughs. All right. Do you like it now that that you get to sing your own lyrics and? Yeah, I feel that. Um, did you ever feel that pettiness, like your brother no. singing your your shit and getting? No, no, because because that, that was that was the, that was the deal I signed up for. Do you know what I mean? And that, yeah, and but that, yeah. no, no, no. I wouldn't be big enough. I'd be no, like, no, no. I look at milking that note. Yeah, but the thing is, though, <laughs> I would never go back to that now. Yeah, not not and it, and the 
it's not that I think I'm a better singer because all that's that's all subjective anyway. Because who's to say Bob Dylan's not a better singer than Pavarotti? Right. No one. Right. Nobody can say that. Right. You know what I mean? Because it's a it's a ridiculous question because <laughs> Bob Dylan is fucking Bob Dylan. Do you know what I mean? Right. And uh, you know Bob Dylan couldn't sing opera, but Pavarotti couldn't sing fucking like a Rolling Stone. Right. So or if know. he did, it would be really yeah. cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so. So when I sing the songs that I write now, and if I'm singing a song and it's about a girl, I know who the girl is. So I can tell the story better. Right. Even though the words would be the same for Liam. I'm actually surprised that we all kind of bought that. Yeah. There's a strange premium that we put on lead singers. Like, if a lead singer doesn't write their own music, look at how much people like go like, Taylor Swift, she writes her own stuff, she writes her own stuff, she writes her own stuff. You know it's with five producers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> But, like, you guys were obviously writing your own stuff. Yeah, 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 And then we let your brother sing about a girl that you broke up with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's bizarre. Looking back, I didn't care when I was It 17. is bizarre, but Pete Townsend's done it with The Who. Yeah. For 40 years. Yeah. You know. Um, I think it's something with, with Twitter and, and podcasts and Facebook. The premium now is you have to tell us who you are. If the guy is singing it, we really want it to be coming from them. Oh, yeah, but I don't, yeah, but now with now with C, the, with physical CD sales going, go the sleeve notes. So who knows who sings or fucking writes what anymore? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> who knows? I think that's why we start getting more susceptible to the corporate rock like the the factory that can put out a mm. band well what happens now is because the, the the money is draining out of the music business faster than anyone can stop it stop, it used to be independent songwriting teams but they all the, uh, what, like a, a record label will now have their in-house songwriters mm. that they own so these songwriters will take an artist and they'll think well that's a good looking girl she can fucking sing but she can't write right. so when you come and write songs with these guys and we own these fucking guys so we own the songs as well mm. as well as the sales so that's the way it's going. Isn't that... That's got to be brutal for the artist. I mean, that's... Uh, it is very brutal. I wouldn't like to be starting off now. I mean, I would I would never... I would always write my own stuff. But um, kids want... this dangled here is success. And with success become, right. becomes fame and money. And quick. And, yeah, quick. Quick, too. This guy will write you a hit record now. You might write a hit record in five years, but you'll be fucking history in but five years. But that's like, it's supposed to be the third album, isn't it? or your sophomore album is yeah, supposed yeah, to be yeah. the one that like breaks you yeah. or whatever. You're, isn't Damn the yeah. Torpedoes? Is, is, yeah, but and then Morning Glory was the second one yeah, and all that. Yeah. But it, that's, the world has changed, you know, before, and, we did, and we didn't notice. Yeah. And it kind of changed, and we were like, what the fuck, what the fuck happened there? Right, right, right. You know? um, <laughs> but it's the modern world. I. Sometimes. I'm a, I'm a, as a person I'm generally glass half full so sometimes the music business fucking pisses me off in the way it is but then the other part of me thinks well I'm glad that my band came right at the end of the glory years you ushered it you in you know we kind of we, we were the last right. of the old school rock bands that did it ourselves on our own terms owned our own music did our own shit fucking right. blah 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 right. now it's all shiny and you know music is now designed for the iPod right it's, music is designed and written to come out of tiny speakers this big on iTunes right music is designed to hit you by the time that wheel turns around so you buy it oh that's oh the little preview the little wheel preview, the, the 90 second thing it's like get it in it, you check it out modern pop music 
it's all about the 90 seconds forget the three minutes oh but shit but some of the greatest songs ever written Stairway to Heaven and fucking Voodoo Child and right. Hey Jude you're like what is that it's six minutes long it'll take a fucking 90 seconds of like a Rolling Stone you just go what the fucking hell's that about <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Well, what do we do? I don't know. You, we, we give thanks that we have CDs and we have out, we have vinyl, and we hope that the next generation of kids. I think that I think they're a little bit lost in a way because we had no gap. How old are you? Twenty. Twenty. I'm thirty six. <laughs> you know that age you freeze on. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm twenty six. I'm thirty six. <laughs> right. So I'm, I'm I'm another ten years older than you again. So I'm forty seven. Shall so, we wrap it up? So okay. we. Um, so we never had gadgets yeah my daughter's 15 bless her heart she's getting off her ass she's doing she's the TV presenter she loves it if it's not on her phone it fucking does Doesn't not exist, exist yeah I'll, I, I remember when like when Tool and Radiohead like wouldn't do iTunes I came home from work when I was working on this album and I was late and she was sat in the kitchen on her phone and she said oh hi dad where have you been I said I've been working late why what have you been doing I said I've been for a meeting for artwork for the album she went didn't know what that was what's artwork mm. and I went you know the artwork for the album the cover and she went what is it oh, and I said the artwork you know the cover of the album because it's in the phone to have a cover right yeah. and I said and I, I, so I thought, I thought oh, I explain. So I said you know the little picture <laughs> on iTunes and she said oh yeah and I said that's the artwork and she went they have meetings for that <laughs> <laughs> and I was like Yes. Oh my God. And it fucking costs about $50,000. <laughs> she was like, wow, they have meetings for that little picture. Yeah, oh my and God. And so I was going, come upstairs. That little picture is that fucking big. You yeah, know, yeah, I pull yeah. it out of shit and they're going, I've got to decide on these six. Uh, wow, I never knew that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. well, it sounds like we have to go. Yeah. I'm so thrilled you took the time. One, one final question is very simple. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't have an answer, that's fine. I always like letting okay. people off the hook. Do you remember one of the hardest times you ever laughed? I just like the hardest. Yeah, the hardest you ever. Uh, oh fuck! <laughs> and I like to give this caveat: it doesn't have to be a good story. Just whatever it was. Oh, <laughs> oh like my my mate is out there. This is the one that springs to mind really, and it nearly destroyed me. We were at Red Rocks, the gig yeah. in, in uh, wherever it is, Denver, Colorado. And uh, he'd been—he's on—he's on LSD, right? Not now, but he was fucking on acid. <laughs> Maybe we don't know, right? And I was drunk, and we'd gone after the gig had finished. We'd gone right up to the end of, uh, right up to the thing. We were looking out over the desert, and he's like, "Whoa, man, fucking hell!" And I'm kind of stone going, "Yeah, fucking wow, just look at it, man. Like the fucking mothership, man. This is blah blah blah." And uh, so all the all the uh, all the staff, the security staff, and the ushers had all had these red uniforms on. And uh, as we're coming down, we're, I've got a fucking drink, and we've got something, and he's kind of he's flying on acid. And we, <laughs> and we, there's a guy, and we come inside the thing, and there's a guy sat in a cloakroom, <laughs> and he, my mate goes up and leans on the thing, and he says, excuse, "Excuse me, sir," and the guy looks up and he says, "Yes," and he says, uh, "Anybody handed in a red jacket?" And behind him is like a thousand <laughs> red jackets, <laughs> what all the staff are wearing, like like a, literally a thousand. <laughs> At that moment, I think some of my insides came out, <laughs> and I may have had a mini stroke. Uh, but you really had to be there. But it was that's one of the good. fucking funniest things. No, and the guy, that's the, a great one. So the guy looked up and he went, "A red jacket," and he said, "Yeah, I've lost a red jacket." <laughs> 
and the guy was going, "Sir, you need to go back to your dressing room." <laughs> <laughs> and I was behind him doing exactly that. It was That's very, great. very funny. Yeah. All right, last awesome, words. When you say keep it crispy, it's just how we are. Yeah, man. Keep it crispy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Noel. I'll see you out there, man. Have a good show. Now leaving Nerdist.com.